Um, usually we have like two opinions, and you want to know what they argue in today. We're going to have like uh, six or seven opinions. Um, but uh, it gets really interesting, and that is we take very seriously the order of brachos that we make. When you make multiple brachos, order is significant. Um, Pesach night is called the Seder because there's an order to things. And uh, when we daven, we call it the Seder. Also, there's an order to things. And so then the question is, what's the appropriate order? And the Gemara got onto this uh, subject of brachos uh, because uh, Pesach night, they're in multiple brachos. But it doesn't, we're actually uh, not talking specifically about Pesach. We got into a very complicated case, uh, which comes up this year, which is uh, Shabbos going into Yantif, uh, um, which it means that since Shabbos left, you have to make Havdalah. And since Yantif is coming, you have to make Kiddush. So how do, you, how do you balance the two? So yesterday, we dealt with the issue of doing two things on one cup, which... Uh, we don't want to look like we're trying to uh, um, uh, knock off mitzvahs or kill two birds with one stone. That makes it seem like we, are, uh, we don't like to enjoy each mitzvah of itself. Good morning, Steve. So, uh, what we, uh, therefore, that's, that was yesterday's concept, that Kiddush and Havdalah are similar. We didn't really explain why, although we talked about it a little bit, that you know, the bringing in of a holiday, of a holiday and the saying goodbye... It's really recognizing the feature of the day, recognizing the kedusha of the day. And then we got into an interesting question, which is um, the idea that we didn't have besamim in the Havdalah on Yantuf, because Yantuf, does Yantuf have the... Shabbos, there's this idea that everybody gets a new soul, uh, or an extra soul, additional. Do you translate that as additional or... or you mean it adds on, or it's an, another one, or is it an add-on? You say it can mean more, or it can mean another one. Some people learn it's like neshama yisera. It's like a whole new neshama. It's not just added on to the old one. You're getting a Shabbos neshama, like a. Uh, but uh, anyway, whatever it is, uh, that was yesterday's. Uh, Rabbi Stein, yes. My grandfather translated it as an oversoul. Really. That's very interesting. Like over, meaning like on top of. Is that right? Like a, with a shoe, like, a, like an, over, an oversole. Okay, very good. Well, it could be encasing. Encasing, right, right. That would be a good way to put it. Thank you, very interesting. Um, okay, so that was kind of yester- the very end of yesterday's, the, two li- the three lines from the bottom on 102B, uh, that subject. But now we're going to deal strictly with the order of that Havdalah. So we have to deal with um, uh, the Kiddush, Havdalah, those, which comes first. And again, on the one hand, we're saying goodbye to Shabbos. On the other hand, we're saying hello to Yantuf. Um, and then we have the idea that you need to make a bracha on the, um, the wine. Where does the wine fit in with all of this? There's one bracha of wine for both the Kiddush and the Havdalah. And then we also have to do with the candles. Uh, so um, we didn't talk too much about this, but um, usually, uh, well, we're going to talk about it today, the Havdalah candle. Where does that come from? And um, uh, there is the, um, uh, during, when you're making Kiddush, it's a little bit harder to do the candle thing. 
In other words, when you're making Havdalah, you just put down your Havdalah cup and you get, and when you're in Kiddush, you're, you're at the table and you're with everybody and you really need another set of hands uh, to get the candles together. So they have a new gimmick. We were talking about this yesterday called the Yaknahaz candle, which is a candle with two wicks that just sits on the table. So, and it's not one of those big, you know, the big Havdalah candles, you can't light on Yantav because you, you can't put it out on Yantav. So, you know, it would just be a lot of money to have this big torch blowing away. So they have this little Yaknahaz candle. The, that has to do with, there, there's the idea that you have to be careful that you're not burning the wax. You're not allowed to melt wax on Yantav deliberately. Meaning you're allowed to light a candle, but you're not allowed to take a candle and, and burn the wax uh, deliberately with a candle. So you're allowed to burn food, but you're not allowed to burn... So really what you try to do is you try to touch the flames, but not touch the wax. So in, uh, because it's a little tricky, somebody came up with a gimmick called a yaknahaz candle, which is like a candle with two wicks. And, uh, but you don't really need it. It, it, it. Even if you burn the wax, you're not intending to. But it's... Uh, but in some households, they go out of their way to get a Yakna house candle for uh, uh, the... Uh, um. Okay, but let's begin two lines from the bottom. Gufa. Yantuf shechal Shabbos. And again, this happens this year. Yantuf falls out right after Pesach. Uh, right after Shabbos. <laughs> That's right. Gufa, Yantuf shechal So what's the order that you make the brachos? So, uh, and the way we remember the order is with initials. So first, and we actually began quoting this yesterday. So we're on the bottom line of 102b. Rav says, Yayin Kiddush Ner Havdalah. He said, you make the Kiddush first. And Shmuel says, no. He says, Yayin Ner Havdalah Kiddush. He makes the Havdalah first. Uh, do you say goodbye to Shabbos first? Or do you say hello to um, Yanta first? What, how, what's the proper order? And... Uh, we, we set a kind of example, which the Gemara is going to mention about if you have a, a king that's leaving and an officer that's coming. The problem when you say goodbye first, it almost sounds like you're trying to get rid of him. You know, have new guests coming. Goodbye. You know, so, some, so that would be the argument that uh, the first argument that you make Kiddush first. Well, let's greet the new Shabbat. Let's greet the new guest. And then we could say goodbye to the old guest. On the other hand, you really don't have the new guest until the old guest leaves. But that, those are the, that's the simple of Rav and Shmuel. Yaknaha and Yanahak. As we turn to today's page. And uh, Rabbah, he says, no, it's Yayin Havdalah Ner Kiddush. And uh, let's see the Rashbam. The Rashbam is great over here. He explains each opinion. Um, let's look quickly at the Rashbam. Rabba Omer Yahanak Karav. He agrees with Rab. He puts the candle in between Kiddush and Havdalah. Now it's a funny place. Why don't why don't you put the candle before the Havdalah? Right? Um, that's where you would think. Uh, you that's what we do typically is before Havdalah we make the br- the, the problem is this that um, you make the bracha on the light as soon as you come in the house. You try to do it first because you're benefiting from the light right away. So why does he stick the nair in between Havdalah and Kiddush? Why doesn't he do that first like the earlier opinions? If you look at the earlier opinions, we had that nair. Uh, so why does he do that? So let's go back to the Rashbam. 
he thinks that you have to have a mechitza, uh, you have to have a separation in between Kiddush and Havdalah. Why? Uh, because one weakens the other. Havdalah says, well, the holiness is gone, forget it. Uh, Havdalah makes it a lighter holiness. And he holds like Shmuel, Havdalah really comes first. First you got to say goodbye. But he says wine has to come first because wine is the tutter. Wine is the most constant. So it's Yayin Havdalah, which has to come first. And then he puts the near in the middle to separate between Havdalah and Kiddush. You've got to have Mechitz in between the two. Okay, that's Rabbah's view. Let's take a look at the next view. Levi says no. Kaniyah. He says you make Kiddush first. And... Um, the problem he has, let's see the Rashbam on this too, Kaniyah. Sforle, he agrees to Kiddush Kodim Havdalah. He also, if the Kaniyah is Kiddush first and then Havdalah. He says, don't, don't kick out the Shabbos. Don't be in a rush to make Havdalah. But first make Kiddush. So he agrees with Rav that you make Kiddush first. But he didn't want to throw wine in first. Lefishim Kain Enu Nir Shemavda Alayayin. The problem here is that you need the wine to be in the middle. The bracha of the wine goes for both the Kiddush and the Havdalah. So he puts the wine in the middle because if you looked at it on, on the, uh, yesterday's daf, they both put the wine first. <laughs> so the wine isn't near both of them. He feels like since the bracha of the wine is the one thing that's shared for Kiddush and Havdalah, you've got to put that in between. It's interesting how each one has this thing that's uh, important to them. Rabbanan, they say no. Kiniyah. Kiddush, Yayin, Ner, Havdalah. So let's just see this. This uh, go down to two lines from the bottom of the Rashbam. So, Kiniyah. Svarle, Karab, the Kiddush, Komal, Havdalah. They agree the Kiddush is first. Rotsanami, Lisuk, Yayin, Havdalah, Tvemi, Kiddush. He says that they wanted to put wine closer to Havdalah than Kiddush. Why? Rotsanami, Yayin, Kiddush, Tvemi, Kiddush. They wanted to put Yayin next to Havdolah Tfei Kiddush. Well, Hilcha Kiddush, but first you make Kiddush. And then you do the Seder Havdolah, like every Shabbos, to have a Yayin or Havdolah. Or, um, or they want, he wants, if, um, uh, basically, his, his, I'll go with his final explanation, which seems to be the most basic. Let's, again, we're on the second line. If you look at this view, you make Kiddush first, and then you have Yain and Ner, and then you make Havdola. So he wants to keep a bigger Mechitza in between the two. In the Rashbam, in the second explanation, is saying that you want to have the biggest separation. Um, or, or he was trying to explain why you wanted the, uh, the wine, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he, he wanted wine to be near Havdola. Okay, whatever, but, but this view has them uh, close to each other. Now we have two more. Marbre Divina Omar Nakya, near Kiddush Yain Havdalah. So uh, let's see the Rashbam on that. Nakya, Kiddush Kodam Havdalah. Karab. He agrees Kiddush comes first. V'yai Namin, he wants to have the wine next to Havdalah, like we said before. Umor, uh, he makes the light first. He thinks that you always make the light first. Uh, so, that, so he starts out with Nair. That's the very first thing. And the light would be first because you haven't been able to have a light until after, you haven't been able to use a light, a fire, until after Shabbos. 
Okay, and then we have one final one. Marta Omer Vishmei of Yeshua, Nihak. He says, Nihak. Near Yayin Havdalah in Kiddush. So uh, he has you saying uh, Havdalah first. That's the uh, before the Kiddush. Okay. So uh, we have, again, multiple views about the, uh, the order, the proper order. Um, again, you could try to uh, see the differences in them. So, mm-hmm. Just wondering why none of these opinions includes Zman. Includes what? Zman, Shech None of them. Um. <laughs> we always say Yak Nahaz. There's right. no Zion in there. Any of the opinions. I guess they want to just keep it. Even without the Shech Yonu we had quite a bit of uh, debate. So, I guess we could bring the Shech in later. Yeah, um, it does. In other words, it, um, I, I think we just, because that's another complication that we just kind of, let's, let's deal, it was complicated enough before we got to Shekhyanu. That, that's, uh, but we'll bring it in a little bit later. It's coming up, the uh, Yaknahas. Okay. So, Shokhule, uh, in other words, uh, the, we had a, a very big debate. And the, the first part dealt with what comes first, Kiddush Ravdallah. And then, do you have to separate the Kiddush and Havdalah? Do you have to try to different... Well, first, you've got to decide what comes first, Kiddush or Havdalah. Then you've got to decide whether you've got to separate the two. Then you've got to decide, you've got one brach of wine for both, how does that fit in the equation? Then you've got to decide, where does the, does the light, does that have to come first or not? Does that have to come right away? Or do you, does, you want a bigger separation between Kiddush and Havdalah? So we had all of those issues. Uh, you're correct that we'll also have to deal with where the Zman fits in everything. So, because it was so complicated, we'll see. The father of Shmuel sent to Rebbe, tell us how to do this. It's too complicated. So, again, initially, they didn't even have the rules. Everybody did what they thought was appropriate. Different Rabbanan, depending on what Shul you daven, and that's what bracha you make. So, he sent to Rebbe, Hey, how do you do this? So Shokole, he said, He said, you do the Nihak version. Near um, Havdola, Yain, and Kiddush. You do Havdola first. Why? You've got the Shabbos, the, the greatest guest is always the king. Shabbos is the king, the king of all. Right? So Shabbos is even greater than Shabbos is like the general, I guess, and Yontif is like the, I'm sorry, Shabbos is the king, and Yontif is like the general. Or, I, I don't know how, I'm not sure if it's a general or an officer, but Lamelech Shiyotiv Parchas Niknas. The king is leaving, and the general is coming. So Malavin Esamelech. You definitely have to pay attention to the king first. You make Abdullah first. So the Morris says, My Havi Allah, but we have all these different opinions. Who do we hold like? So Abai says, Yaksnia. <laughs> and, and Rava says, Yaknahaz. Yain Kiddishner Havdolazman. And how do we hold. Um, They're both saying wine and then Kiddish. Correct. They just, both think. Just kind of tweaking the Havdolazman. The Kiddish is before the Havdolazman, right. They both have the. Right. So, and how do we hold it? And this is actually how we do hold the Hilkas Rava. We hold like Rava, Yaknahaz. If you ever want to remember how the order for the Havdalah, it's Yain Kiddush Ner Havdalah Zman. That spells out Yaknahaz. 
Okay, now we're going to have some stories here on this uh, to see how we came to where we are. Rav Huna Rav Yehuda Rava. He came to Rava's house. or And he brought in front of him all the Havdalah equipment. He brought the light and he brought the Musamin. So, and he wanted to see uh, what he would do. So, Barak Rava Abbasamim, first he made the bracha on the Basamim. And then he made the bracha on the Ma'or, on the candle. First Basamim and then Ma'or. Amrle, why'd you do it that way? I thought you make on the candle first. Because the candle is the light that you get of a Hadar Basamim. We mentioned that sometimes even walking home, you would see the torches lit. One of the first things they would do after Shabbos, after Shabbos it's dark, pitch dark. And so uh, the first people, the first duty would be to light up the streets, you know, to put up the street lights, to, to light the lamps so people could find their way home. So you actually would see a light uh, before you came in your house because uh, people would do that. So otherwise, imagine being pitch black and not being able to see which house was yours, you know, no street lamps. So they would, uh, they would that was like the first thing they did. And so technically you'd make a bracha even outside your house. Uh, we had uh, on the light. So, Umahi the Tanan. Where do you see this argument about what comes first, the Besamim or the light? Beisham they said, Nero Muslim Besamim Vavdala. And Beishilu, they said, Nero Besamim Umazan Vavdala. They both agreed that the Nero was first. So, Ani Rabba Basra, Omer Zudi Rev Meir. He said, This was the Muslim would be. Yeah, it's getting back to if you only had one cup to bench and to, uh, um, uh, if you either... So we had two scenarios. Either that was um, Shalashudas or that was Malava Malka. But if you had only one cup, so then that's, that's where you would have put the benching on the one cup. Yeah. So um, uh, they were going back on that case. But... The part that we're interested in right now is what comes first, the Besamim or the Nair, and both Beishama and Beishilil said the Nair comes first. But this was a version, of, this was a particular version of the debate. That's Rameer's version. He has a different version. They agree first you bench. And then you make Havdala Shibasov. What do they argue? Almor Val Besamim. That's actually the argument that Beis Shammai said that you make the light first and then the Besamim. Beis Hillel said you make the Besamim and then the light. And guess how we do? Well, Reb Yochan, no Ga'am Beis Hillel. That we do the Beis Hillel, we make the Besamim and then the Or in Reb Yehuda. Okay. Now we have another story. Reb Yaakov Bar Abba Ikali Bei Rava. So one time Reb Yaakov Bar Abba came to Rava's house. So there were controversies about the order of the brachas. Uh, there's a famous story that they once asked, uh, there was a f- huge debate about a certain bracha, what's made. And so they asked Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky what kind of bracha to make, and he said a quiet one. <laughs> Don't get involved. Otherwise, whatever you say, somebody's going to give you a hard time. <laughs> that, that was a joke. But at but uh, uh, any rate, so uh, we're going to see that there was a rabbi, they, they, they used to do this uh, sometimes when they would... Um, uh, when you would take a new son-in-law and he would come to your house for the first time, you wanted to see if he was a scholar. So one way to do that was to offer him 
uh, several foods to eat and see how he made his brachos. If he knew, like, that the Shiva Saminian comes first, if he knew, like, that was a way to test him without him realizing he was being tested. And so and people try to figure out, how come my father-in-law offered me, uh, you know, I went out for a day, they offered me dates and figs and, and gra- grapes or whatever. What, what was the deal there? Oh, I had the same thing, because that was the test. That was the sneaky test. So, um, Rabbi, uh, so this was Rabbi Yaakov Bar Abba, Ikuli Bey Rabbi. He came to Rabbi's house. Chazi de Baruch Bray Priyagaf and Akisekam. The first cup he made Bray Priyagafen. Bahada Baruch Akise de Birchasa. And then he made, uh, he brought another cup, the Ishti, and he drank it. He made another Bray Priyagafen uh, on each cup. On two different cups, he made two different Bray Priyagafens. Omele, Lama Lakuli, hi. Why are you making Bray Priyagafen twice? Habaruch Lan Marachada Zimni, you did it already. Last time I was at the Exilarch's house, I saw that was the deal. Every time they had a cup, you made a new Bray Priyagafen. So he said, I'll tell you why they did that. And it makes sense in the Reish Galusa's house, the Hachi Avid, the Suffolk Maisilan, Suffolk Lo Maisilan. You don't know if there'll be another round of drinks. In other words, they would bring out a fabulous bottle of wine from the wine cellar, the aged wine, and so you make a Brepria Guffin. But you never knew if there would be another round. So you, can't, you didn't have in mind when you made the first uh, Brepria Guffin that there would be another bottle of wine because you didn't know. So since you didn't know, you'll need a new bracha because you didn't think to include it. You had no idea how many rounds there would be. You go to a party, you don't know how many courses they're going to serve. Hacha over here, Hamana Kisikaman. You over here, you've got your bottle here with as many cups there here, Vidaitan Aluya. And you had in mind that your Bray Priya Guffin should cover everything that's going to be served. Rabbi? Yes. Isn't the uh, blessing being said by the host? Um, I guess no, here was the person who was being served. Um now each one makes their own. I, you're, you're correct, Steve, if they had Hamotzi you would have one make uh, for all of them. Uh, this wasn't like a kiddish where one makes for everybody. This was like each person makes their own private uh, bracha on their wine, and nobody knew how many rounds of wine would be served. That, that seems to be... But I, make it for everybody? I think that's only when there's a kiddish. If there's kiddish, then they make for everybody. But when each person is just drinking their own private wine, each one makes their own uh, bracha. Well, it's their own... If it's their own wine, wouldn't they know how many bottles they had and how much they were bringing out? So that, yeah, so that's what we're answering, is that if you're drinking your own wine, then you make one Bray Priya Guffin, because you know how much. But when you're a guest at the Exilarch's house, uh, you don't know how much is being served. So he's trying to say that, it, 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 you know, typically in your own house, you'd only make one bracha. But at the, at the Exilarch's house, that was different. So... Uh, this, it seems to be excluding the, the, the possibility of, of, of making a bracha with a deny. Like, if they bring out another bottle, so I'll have in mind. But, uh, but if they don't bring out another bottle, then, I'm, then I'll know I'm done. Correct. Yeah, we don't, we don't seem to... We're going to quote that view, but uh, this view was you make a separate bracha on each one. Okay. So it would be like Ein Breira, or that's a, separate, that's a separate issue? I guess that... Uh, um, uh, a person doesn't, you know, you, you're served a course, you make a bracha on this course. Uh, if it turns out that they decide to bring out another course, another round of wine, 
So you're, you want to thank Hashem for that round, but you didn't have that in mind. You didn't know that that was coming. We, I, I think we are much more used to knowing what's coming. We know how many courses are served, how much. But if you're ever really a, a guest at that kind of venue, you really don't know what they're going to pull out, you know, how big of a course, how much they're going to serve. So since you don't know, uh, instead of just making a condition in case there are more, uh, you have to just assume that you enjoy what's in front of you. And then when they bring out more, um, I guess your question, Dr. Yaffe, would be, what about your other brachos? You know, do you need to make more, you know, if they bring out more food, do you? They, uh, but, uh, but so far, that's how we're saying it. Uh, so the question here was, why is he making a new bracha? And uh, he said, well, the Exlar's house, they did it. And he said, well, that's not a good answer because the Exlar's house, they didn't know about the other courses. So he answers a little different. He says, Omrele, two lines from the bottom. Ana Abda Katama de Rav, I follow the students of Rav. Who are the two students? Rav Bruna and Rav Hanano. Talmud de Rav, they were his students, Havayasa Basudasa. They were sitting at a meal as we turned the page. Now, uh, we even know who the waiter was. Koya Alayhu Rav Yava Sava. It's interesting that they had an ancient uh, tradition that it was an honor to be a waiter for scholars. Uh, going back to really Moshe Rabbeinu and Yisro, like, you know, like the, in some yeshivas, they would fight over who could be the waiter, you know, like to, to serve. Um, I mean, our grandmothers knew that, by the way, you know, uh, most of us had grandmothers that would love to just feed you. Uh, it was just like a Jewish thing that they, they felt no bigger pleasure than to feed the next generation. And they, they um, I, I don't know if you had that, I had that experience that many people did where they, she, uh, my grandmother, Sholem, just, uh, she almost, uh, you know, if you came to her house, she wanted to feed you. And if you ate something, you had to eat more. <laughs> it was just, she just, uh, that was very important to her. So that's, I, uh, so the waiter also was a rabbi. Omer Lei, Havlanu Venevarach. So um, one of the, the guests said, you know what? Uh, not the, the right, the, the, they weren't guests. They were, the, the two students were eating with the waiter. So one of them said, you know, let's bench. Let's go, let's, let's finish the meal. Uh, Lebesov, in the end, they changed their mind. He said, you know what, let's have another cup. Forget it, I don't want to bench yet. I was, one of them was saying, well, I think I'm done eating. And the other one said, I'm kind of thirsty, so let's bring some more wine. So uh, the student was there. He said, oh, I heard from Rav. Once you say, let's bench, it's forbidden to drink any more without a new bracha. In other words, when you say, let's bench, you're saying that the, the old bracha is finished. So that's why I, when they finished one course, they were thinking about benching. That's why they didn't, uh, uh, they made a new bracha. My time, what's the reason? Because once you say, let's bench, you're, you're not continuing your old bracha. You're say, you were thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up and go. Another story. Three rabbis. They were having a, a, a suda. And the waiter was one rabbi was there. Every cup he got served, he made a new bracha. That was how he did it. He made a bracha on the first cup and the last cup. 
I guess they could really put away the wine, these rabbis. <laughs> they, they, uh, many people say that that was the only beverage they had. It was more safe than the water to drink the wine in those days. So he made on the first and the last. Ravashi Baruch HaKisekama Vesulo Baruch. He just made on the first cup. So you really see all three ideas. One was, I, I drink one, I'm done. I, I, if I get another one, I'll make a new bracha. Uh, the other one, uh, it's interesting, the idea of making the first and the last. Um, what, uh, what that is. Omalu Ravaka Barava Ana Kaman Nevit. So how, how are we supposed to do? If all, if all the rabbis have different opinions, how are, how, which opinion is followed? Amemar Omar. Amemar said, Nimlachana. He said, you know why I make a new bracha? Because I... Um, he said, uh, I'm a nimlach. Um, meaning, like, I keep... Um, when I have one cup, I'm, I'm just lowering my voice a little because they, um, the, uh, the minion next door uh, was a little short, and so they're including us in their minion. But they're, since they opened the door... I don't want I don't want to uh, be louder than the minion, uh, but okay. So uh, so the first view that says you make a new brach on each one, it's because this word nimluch means like after I have one, I'm never really sure if I'm going to have another. I, I I'm not thinking that I'm going to keep going forever. I'm nimluch. That's the, that was that's why I made a brach on each one is because I'm never really sure. It's a certain way of thinking. There there's some people they they sit themselves down. They're in for the long haul. They don't. Where there are other people, in, should I have one? Should I have another? You know, each one. So that's why. I made, so it, it's interesting. It could be the way you make brachas has to do with your own psychology. Marzuta says, "I do like the Tamidir Rav." Uh, that's why uh, the students of Rav that we mentioned before. Um, that uh, one second. Um, what did he just do? Marzucha, um, he made on the first cup and the last cup. That was like the students of Rav. Ravashi, Les Hilchose, said, We don't hold like those students. What's the proof? Because when Yanta falls after Shabbos, we say, And um, uh, we don't make a separate bracha on the wine. We don't make two wine brachas. Uh, so you see that we don't, this idea of making double, we don't do. Belohi, it's not really a proof. The reason you only make um, uh, the um, the reason you only make one bracha is because you've you're stopping drinking, you're you're finishing your meal. So um, you haven't changed, you haven't you haven't stopped, uh, you haven't you haven't decided if you're going to drink anymore. So if you had stopped, if you had benched and you thought you weren't going to drink more, then you could argue you should make a new bracha. But if you did not uh, think about being finished, so then you're still covered by your old bracha. So again, there were these multiple opinions. So now we get to the havdalah. Again, they, they had the rabbi as the Shabbos guest. Come Shammai. So the person who was the servant of the household went, va'alik avuka mishragya. He lit a torch from the light. He lit a Havdalah candle. So, uh, again, in those days, the halachas weren't yet established. So the guest who was the rabbi said, why do you need a torch for Havdalah? Lama la kuli hai. Isn't that a little bit of overkill? 
you know, that lighted torch. They didn't have, you know, they didn't know about this big Havdalah Shraga. You got you to gotta lit candle there. Why do you got to light a Havdalah candle of multiple wicks? Amalei. So it's interesting. I, I, we, we really don't know the circumstances, but he didn't really feel like debating the issue with the visiting rabbi. And this is always a problem. Well, sometimes you have a visiting rabbi who disagrees with you. So, and the problem is that, you know, if you debate the issue, you might have to follow a different opinion or you might have to insult him because you're going to say, well, I don't really agree with who you do like. So rather than get in a debate, you, uh, you pretend that you're not disagreeing with him. So that's what he decided to do. So again, what happened was he, he, he had a tradition that you use a Havdalah candle, a candle of multiple wicks. So when it came time for Havdalah, he had his uh, servant light from a, a Havdalah candle, whereas the other rabbi said, what? Why do you need to do that? So Omele, so first he denied that he did that. He said, Oh, you know, these, these servants, they come up with these funny ideas. I don't know where he got that from. The servant just made it up. He just decided to be cool to have a, a good torch. Um, I, that, I, don't, don't pay any attention to that. So, but the visiting rabbi was a little too smart. He said, I know the way this household works. If he didn't know that you wanted him to do it, he's not going to make that up. He's not going to make his own Havdalah ceremony up. You must, you have to admit to me that you, uh, uh, you uh, were doing that on purpose. So what's the reason? So he said, okay, I'll argue with you. So Don't, doesn't the master agree that it's better to make Havdalah on a torch, on a uh, multiple wick? Didn't you have, because the bracha of Havdalah celebrates the light. And it, uh, there's the idea that there's more than one light, right? And so, and so wouldn't it be better to have a bigger light than a single candle? Uh, he didn't answer, we didn't know what the answer was, uh, but uh, the, he gave him the argument. Okay, Pasuk V'yomar, so the one making the Havdalah, he said the following. He said the Havdalah that we do. So uh, the, the other rabbi who was the skeptic, he said, Lama Lakuli Hai, why do you have such a long Havdalah? Just say goodbye Shabbos. You know, what do you, what do you got to have? A separate, uh, right. Why do you have to separate between this and that and this and that and this and that? So um, I'll just tell you, as uh, in Israel, most of the cab drivers are Jewish. Uh, they're not all religious. And many times people would visit uh, places on Shabbos and it would get dark, and so on the way back, they would take a cab. Sometimes people would walk to a shul in another neighborhood. So it's very common right after Shabbos to call a cab. So um, there, there's a famous rabbi with Shlomo Zalman Auerbach, was a well-known rabbi, and whenever the cab would come, all of a sudden he got friendly with the cab driver and would wish him a good fach, have a great week. And they, just, they, ne- they never noticed that he made discussions with the driver before. So they asked him, why is it after every Shabbos when the cab driver comes, you're so friendly and you say, good fuck? And he said, well, there's a possibility that if a Jew doesn't end Shabbos, uh, it keeps on going. And uh, even a non-religious cab driver, he didn't make Havdalah yet. He never said goodbye to the Shabbos. So for him, it's still Shabbos. I can't have him drive me in the cab. 
So I say to him, have a good vach. That's a short version of uh, uh, Shabbos is over. Goodbye. You know, the week started. So Bidi in other words, de facto, that would serve as the Havdalah if you say good vach. So that's why he had that. I've heard that over. I didn't see it in writing. But at any rate, so you really don't need to have, well, the God who separates between light and dark and Shabbos in the weekday and holy and not. Why did he make such a long, why do we have such a long version? So, um, you, the short version is Hashem who separates between holy and non-holy. If it was good enough for Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, why, why do you need to have such a long version of Havdalah? Don't you love those guests who ask you questions on everything you do? <laughs> you can't make out, you know, you bring out a Havdalah. Why are you doing that? You're saying, why is it so long? Right? So, but they, they want to learn. They, they were very into learning by observing. In other words, you watch what they do, and that's how you learn. That was the real primary way of learning. And that, that way really works, because you remember. You remember watching. So when they watched, they said, well, I saw this was the way he did it. But he was questioning. So why such a long havdalah? I hold like a different opinion. That when you begin mentioning uh, the Hashem, you need to say at least three examples. And if you want to do more, you shouldn't do more than seven. So therefore, if you're if you're giving an uh, uh, a uh, talking about havdalah, you should mention at least three things: uh, holy and non-holy, Shabbos in the weekday, light and darkness. That's the reason that I did that. We will stop here in the middle of the havdalah discussion about uh, the number of havdalahs that are said in that bracha. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Be well. Thank you. Yeah.